Hello, and welcome to another episode of LinkedIn for Lawyers, True Stories of Client Acquisition Told by Attorneys. My name is Vikram Rajan. I am the co-founder of Video Socials. We are a, a video marketing uh, community and automation app uh, for attorneys, but also for accountants, coaches, and consultants who uh, come together in our video blogging clubs, record together, fun and done, and then use our brand or automation app to get those videos posted, of course, on LinkedIn, but Facebook Live, YouTube, and also on their WordPress website. Um, and I'm looking forward to learning today from Lauren and Jessica of how they have uh, benefited from LinkedIn directly. Uh, I'm looking forward to for you to meet them. I've known both of them for a good amount of time, uh, but we've never had this kind of a discussion, so we're doing it on the air, so it's kind of funny for me to play but you also well, forgot that or jessica forgot that i'm the one that introduced you guys yeah you're right so lauren introduced me to jessica jessica has become a really great friend and, and we have, there's so much mutual business that we could be doing together it's really cool so i'm like playing the role of a talk show host talking to, to friends which is really fun and cool and highly recommend that uh, as a as a podcast to kind of hang out with friends and create content along the way I'm looking forward to you guys getting to know Jessica and Lauren. Lauren, why don't you introduce yourself first, and then Jessica, definitely introduce yourself. Oh, that's pressure. So hi, everybody. I'm Lauren Cohen. I am originally from Toronto. I am now in South Florida and very grateful to be here as the winter is coming. I'm an international lawyer, a cross-border expert, and a realtor. I help people invest across borders. My tagline is helping you invest, live, work, and play across borders. And I love what I do. Really love what I do. Now, I have to, to do it. Are, are the borders exclusively Canada and U.S.? Absolutely not. So it's any any border, any country, basically. Yep. All right. That's cool. Although most of my people are Canadian. It just kind of happens that way. I happen to be one of them, you know. Yeah, they, they seem like nice people. Most, not all. A few ex husbands. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll I mean, Canadians have a stereotype of being nice, which, right. you know, it's not a bad thing. So that's cool. Jessica, how are you doing? Hi, um, I'm Jessica Koch. I'm the Italian mother of seven. I have, um, I'm an international speaker. I've been speaking nationally for 25 years, internationally for about three. Uh, and we do sales and marketing consulting, LinkedIn and social media training, and we have a virtual assistant membership program. And at this point, I think we have clients in almost 15 countries. So um, it's been going pretty well. This is a, a very international episode. This is wonderful. <laughs> that's right. Right. Um, I'm not international. Well, that's not true. We have members in, in other countries, We uh, in Germany, for example. So video socials is international in a way. Uh, and we will. We'll grow more. So that's really cool. So thanks for coming on to the show and, and sharing a little bit of how you've benefited from uh, LinkedIn. So, Lauren, you have a story of how, and you're very active on LinkedIn. You're active oh, in no, a variety of ways. Can't get control the weather. That was major thunder. Sorry. Oh, really? It's thunderstorming in Florida. Yeah. But from what I understand, the thunderstorms pass. From, from little pass, but this has been going on all day. I got out in the, right in the nick of time to give my... Uh, to take my dog for a walk, but it's uh, they're, they're pouring it's, and thundering. What? How are the dogs doing? Sometimes they don't like. The dogs are sitting like within about a foot of me. Yeah. Both. Right. Yeah. We feel protected. <laughs> um, so you you're active on LinkedIn. Very. And I'd love to hear even before you share a specific story of how you've gotten a client from LinkedIn. What are all the things that you do and have done on LinkedIn, and and how did you even you know get started with being active on LinkedIn? So way back. Yeah. Before most of your listeners were born, I'm just kidding. Way back, like uh, way back, I just started building a network on LinkedIn a little too generously, right, Jess? 
because I was taking everybody because I just wanted to build my um, numbers, which sure. was a mistake because what happened was about a year ago, we had to go and eliminate about 30% of those people. That's so an annoying process. It was definitely annoying, expensive, tedious. I didn't have to do it. Jessica's team did most of it. But it was, you know, the, the truth is, I think it's a matter of I, at the beginning, wasn't properly trained. Mm-hmm. I just took it upon myself instead of hiring the right people. And over time, I've worked with many LinkedIn professionals, or so they call themselves. The, the most recent one prior to working with Jessica's team um, was somebody out of Colorado who made all of these promises. And I spent probably, 50, I think, $15,000, literally. Now, it wasn't all my money, but it was, it was a disaster, a complete disaster. So it's all, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to vetting. Just like LinkedIn is about vetting the prospect and vetting the colleague and vetting the strategic partner. And it took me time to get there and a lot of money. That $15,000 was not the first money I spent. I probably spent about $25,000 over time on LinkedIn, different, you know, different Without calling them out and disparaging anyone in particular, what were some of the mistakes that you feel? Like one of them you mentioned was kind of going for quantity versus quality, if we could say it that way, right? A lot of us get into that metrics of collecting and we want to see it's over 500, (laughs) over 5,000. It's like, for what? So what are some of those mistakes that you've done? Well, I mean, so beyond myself, which, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I don't call myself a LinkedIn professional, although some people would say that I am at this point because I'm pretty well-versed in LinkedIn. I could do trainings. I do do trainings for our team, um, for our real estate team, as well as for my own team at the Council Global. But I, and, and, you know, I also have a podcast, as you know, which has been very well received on LinkedIn. But I think that one of the biggest challenges is that people make a lot of promises that they just can't deliver. And LinkedIn changes so much. And whatever like what you think is okay, like they profess that they're LinkedIn experts and you're going to pay them this and they're going to do that. Or I had a company I hired to, and they wanted to build my, build my profile, which means adding contacts. And a lot of the contacts, like they were obviously using a wrong algorithm because a lot of the contacts were completely not even in the same world as what I, as what I do. So it's, it's really, uh, I guess a matter of like the e-myth, Right. Like uh, Michael Gerber says, it's knowing how to um, manage the people that you assign to do things, because if you don't know at the beginning, I didn't, then you're you're spending a lot of money and throwing it away because you don't know how to hold them accountable. And that was a very big challenge for me, for sure. And then how did you meet Jessica? Well, how did I make up a story? No, no. Why pick it up? I mean, you don't remember. If you don't remember, it's okay. Yeah. I do not remember. No, it might okay. have been a networking no, event, uh, maybe. Oh, okay. I know. We were on. Uh, uh, we were both speakers on. Um, I think it was Kimberly Hobshides or something. Yeah. Rocket uh, Business. Yeah, her, what, at the beginning of the pandemic, kind of okay. thing, right? Around August of last year. Yeah. Okay. Relatively recently, so a, a little over a year. Right, and and we just like had an instant connection. Um, you know, there was a lot of things we were going to do and we still may do, but you know, <laughs> life gets in the way sure, right. and we're both very busy and building our respective businesses. But 
we've managed and there's been some glitches don't get me wrong you know in our relationship but the, the point is that we're both professionals and jessica and i have a really good really good mutual understanding like if there that's one thing when you're hiring somebody to manage your social media or help with your social media or provide right. services with your social media they have to be willing to take responsibility and yeah. you also have to take responsibility because you can't just point fingers and say, well, this, 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 and this wasn't done, right? So it's so, delegation, not abdication. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I am not great at that. That's something I, 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 try, I try to be clear in my direction, but sometimes, you know, I'm the lawyer and I think that what's clear, it may not be clear to the virtual assistant that's working with me through no fault of theirs or mine. It's just that there's a disconnect. So it's a matter of just being on top of things and, and keeping, ma maintaining accountability, both for yourself and for whoever it is that's working on your portfolio. So Jessica, what are some of the th kind of things when you guys started working together, there may have been kind of, I don't know, a, lack of a better phrase, universal things that you tend to see like frequently with among your clients, specifically to LinkedIn work. Uh, what were some of those universal things, if, if you could kind of share with it, if Lauren doesn't mind, some of those universal things. And were there some things that uh, you found that were specific, again, not to disparage any other professional, but uh, specifically to help Lauren and, and uh, as an attorney, as well as in the real estate world, uh, what were some of the kind of things that you said, all right, immediately we need to start working on it. And maybe there are future plans I uh, can share. And that helps us get to know the kind of work that you do for your attorneys and professionals. So um, Lauren is an amazing partner to work with because she she really has a good vision of where her company and her business is going and the things that they're going to achieve and the goals that she has in mind. And so in that respect, it makes it a joy to work with her because it was very easy for us. I'm a to pain know. in the ass though, don't get her wrong. She's being really kind, okay? This is the vision of how she- I really love Lauren. <laughs> that is the- You have to love me if you're gonna work with me. You're gonna love me or you're gonna hate me, that's it. <laughs> love her or leave her. Exactly. Well, Sorry, the, one of the most important things were um, she does a lot of amazing events, which if you're not doing an event as an attorney, I, I, I don't care what kind of attorney you are, in my opinion, uh, really leveraging events, especially on LinkedIn and all these other platforms where the, that are event search engines are so important to pull new people in your world. And, you know, I think this and I have been saying this for eons far before we had this giant glitch with Facebook. Um, is we don't own these platforms so we need to make sure that we're one owning all our contacts so exporting and downloading and pulling all that data out and making sure you have the information that you would if you had gone to linkedin to see you know what company they work for what's their phone number what's their website what's their all these things should be on excel sheet outside of linkedin because you own your contacts and your data and all the i mean amazing articles and videos and things lauren has done have to be back up quarterly um, and leveraging those events is another really huge piece. So we've been able to support her in setting up events and inviting people to events and just inviting them isn't enough. You also have to send a direct message to remind them to say, hey, you showed some interest in this event. You know, want to register? You know, we would like to have you there. But uh, and then Lauren's just really blessed, too, with an amazing community that follows her that really values what she has to say, because people show up in a larger numbers. And I know 
a lot of my other clients struggle with that. So she's she's actually already solved a lot of some of the harder problems. Um, and we are just there to give that extra support for the tasks and the doing, right? Um, uh, those little- uh, $25,000 later. Uh, well, hey, <laughs> that wasn't us. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I hope after spending that much money, I would have had been a little ahead of the curve. Just a little. <laughs> so Lauren alluded to, outside of any kind of money, uh, Lauren alluded to that there were other things that you guys will eventually start doing. Some of them may be private, so I don't want to be having to reveal that. But is there anything anything that, that others can learn from that they can either uh, maybe cobble together and try to figure out themselves or better yet, money well spent to hire you to yeah, get it done well, if correctly? You're, if, if you're a an attorney or if you're involved in, in investing or real yep. estate in any capacity, if you're a broker or if you're anything, you should be talking to Lauren because the the opportunities for financial growth in that space, um, because my business is doing so well, some of the things she's alluding to is my husband and I are investing and in doing lots of different things and real estate's on our check it checklist and bucket list for that. And when we're ready for that piece, we will be moving into a space to collaborate more um, in depth internationally in real estate investment with and through Lauren's program. So if you're thinking about that or you have questions about that, I highly encourage you That's cool. to some time to attend one of her webinars, speak with her if you can get on her calendar and count yourself lucky if you can, because she has some real value to put there. That's a good segue back to you, Lauren. So can you share with us maybe an example of how you've gotten a client from LinkedIn and how that actually transpired? You know, it's hard for me to pinpoint a specific client, but I will say this. For me, like, look, you guys, I didn't connect you through LinkedIn, but I connected you guys and I'm a connector, right? I'm a lawyer. I'm a realtor. I'm international. I have a podcast, I'm whatever, but I'm a connector at the, at the core. That's my my main gig. I love LinkedIn because it has opened doors to collaboration, which Jessica referenced, which is my key word. Collaboration and strategy are always going to be the number one and two words in no particular order for me. Now, the collaboration is about collaborating with people like you, Vic and, Je and Jess and others. And the um, strategy is also about the collaboration, but it's also about the clients because I want to provide clients with a strategic investment plat um, plan. If they, if they don't have a strategy, they're never going to execute on it. So I think that for me, it, I may not be able to pinpoint a specific client that I got specifically from LinkedIn, but from doing events on LinkedIn, we get people in and then they're, you know, they're nurtured and they go through the funnel and they, we build relationships. Now, for me, one thing I found very, very useful on LinkedIn is video. And I started doing video before it's uh, this was one thing I did learn from a LinkedIn person that I spent a lot of money with is, is they did videos. They did some custom videos, some videos that you ask questions and the client responds and that has allowed me to build relationships, especially through COVID, because I think through COVID, my LinkedIn presence has been magnified and not just magnified, but also um, solidified, okay? And that's, I think, where the difference lies. I'm not all about what client I get, how much money I make, what's the bottom line. At the end of the day, we all wanna make money. I am about the relationship that I know that when 
Vic asked Jessica for a lawyer to come in and she reaches out to me forgetting that I connected you, which is kind of funny again, but that that's the relationship that I've built that relationship of trust, because when somebody reaches, you know, there's, there's some up and down of LinkedIn. We'll talk about that, but it's just really about the relationship. And that's always going to be the number one goal for me on LinkedIn or any other social media platform, but LinkedIn is B2B. So that's my, that's my drive, you know? And it's good that you mentioned that, Lauren. So some attorneys that we speak with on the podcast off, you know, including clients get business or clients specifically from some kind of campaign, from the post, from a direct messaging campaign, some type of outreach perhaps that they've done through LinkedIn. Others get referred, like other attorneys, as you know, Lauren, lawyers love referring to each other. That's happening all the time on LinkedIn. And then you bring up something really interesting that I don't think a lot of guests will talk about in terms of how both of you have collaborated on events and using LinkedIn events and thus the others, the other systems to drive uh, audience and participation to the event. And look, that, that's a profound part of, of LinkedIn. That's a part that, uh, of LinkedIn that I don't think a lot of people uh, do use to your point, Jessica. So, so that's great that you're able to use uh, LinkedIn in that way. Yes. I would say, I know this is about attorneys and attorneys getting customers, but I, I could tell you some pretty amazing stories from a client acquisition standpoint. And I think people underestimate the ability to talk to just about anybody on the planet. So yeah. a couple of quick examples sure. are, um, I got contacted January of this year. I got a phone call, my phone rang and, and it, and the person said, Hi, I am the leadership coordinator for Microsoft's executive team, and I, and I, I kind of stopped him and went, really? <laughs> because you know, I also the radio station uh, pranking you. <laughs> I also get emails that tell me I've got five million dollars if I yeah, yeah. bank information. So Nigerian prince. Uh, he said, "Well, let me explain." He said, "Here, I'm sending you a connection and introduction right now on LinkedIn." So I opened up my laptop, and he did. And he said, here's what happened. Someone heard you speak at a virtual summit. He said, hey, I want you to, you know, go get that girl to do a leadership training for 40 of our, our team members. He went to my LinkedIn profile and saw my phone number there and just picked up the phone and called me. And, you know, and so, so this is Microsoft, right? And then the other appointments and presentations and opportunities I've gotten are things like um, I, I flew out and met with Staples executive team, their CFO and their team and made a presentation. That next day I did New Balance because literally reached out to the guy, the CFO on LinkedIn and said, hey, we've got a meeting with Staples executive team down the road from you on XYZ day. We're going to be in town. Can we meet with your town and present too? He said, sure, come on over. So, I mean, that that kind of thing happened with LinkedIn. Two of my favorite authors, um, Jim Stangle, who was past global marketing executive, global marketing executive for Procter & Gamble. You might have heard of him. Well, he wrote a book called Grow, and I reached out to him on LinkedIn and had a phone conference set by his secretary almost right away because basically I was genuine. I said, look, I'm a big fan of your book. I love this. I love that. Would love to have a collaboration conversation. He said, my secretary will schedule it. And I did this with an, a multimillionaire who owns a publishing company also, who's Mark Allen, which is another all-time favorite author for me, a book I read again every January. I read his book again because it's called um, 
called the millionaire course. It's not about being a millionaire, but it's about, you know, having and living the life you lead. And he has all these activities in it, but he's brilliant. And we've had chats about his, one of his things is he publishes music and I have a hobby. I'm trying to publish a few songs and that I've written, you know, and so we're having real live human being conversations. So it doesn't matter if they're a mega millionaire sure. or, or a CEO or a CFO or whatever. As soon as Best Buy got its very first female CEO, the very first thing I did was reach out to her and connect with her on LinkedIn because, you know, go girl power kind of thing, you know. Cool. Um, but I'm just saying you can talk to anyone on LinkedIn. Yeah. It, and and it's a it like you both have mentioned it's a b2b professional to professional platform so people are on linkedin in one way or another to do business or, or have a professional conversation as opposed oh, yeah. to traditional social media where it's meant to be much more hanging out and, and anything professional could kind of be kind of um, awkward because it's you know you don't have your business card at the ready at, at someone's cocktail party you know maybe we do but most people don't right so but at a conference of course you have your business card you're, you're there to do business in one way or another lauren you mentioned some up and down happening with linkedin like what did you mean by that it, uh, i want to give you a chance to, no, i'm saying that it's not all not all fun games no it's not all fun games yeah. okay so there's a lot of downside too or not because you get a lot of spammy stuff and sure. look about i don't know how long ago i don't, I don't think jessica knows this but a couple of years ago, this absolutely beautiful guy, beautiful guy. No, thank you. Going. Pardon? I, I just said thank you, and you're about to share he, how I spam. He reaches you. out to me. He looks like George Clooney. No, oh, okay. And he reaches out to me on LinkedIn, and he's in crypto, and he's somewhere in the UAE or something like this. And you know, he's like, I don't even know how he knew at the time that I was single. <laughs> no idea, but he went after me. With a vengeance. I mean, talk about dating fraud. And the guy, like, like finally, like, the guy would never talk to me. No, never show his picture when he was talking to me. It was very strange. And finally, sure enough, you know where he was. I'm not going to say the name of the country. It was definitely not the UAE. And it was very, very interesting. <laughs> anyway, that that was a very... Uh, so you can be led astray on LinkedIn, just like any astray. other social media. And not everybody is who they say place. they are. Sure, of course. And not everybody can do what they say they can do. But that's going to happen anywhere. And again, it's all about vetting and making sure that you are not just like jumping, oh, this is perfect. Oh, this is that. And that's this and whatever. And, and um, that's where my business has come since COVID is into a true vetting and accountability um relationship with my partners and maybe part of that was having those experiences well um sometimes we learn the hard way but it's uh, at least you learned right and, and not yeah. keep getting burned so we're gonna take a quick commercial break and when we come back uh we're gonna uh, have a final question you guys are both gonna and we'll start with you jessica um share something that you really love about linkedin and something that you don't like about linkedin Lauren, you, you shared a, a quick thing about something you didn't like, but maybe there's something else that you wanted to talk about, as well as definitely we'll end on a positive note of something that you really do love about LinkedIn. So uh, give us a moment here. Do you want your own podcast like this one? My team will do all the grunt work for you. Just show up, smile, and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me? You should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. 
We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash go VIP to watch our nine minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And let's wrap up. Jessica, what's something that uh, you really do love about LinkedIn? And then you can go with the negative. So I think what I love is it is this brilliant in my in my view, and this is my own personal opinion. You have to be careful all those lawyers out there watching. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's like a global chamber of commerce. You know, we get this opportunity to collaborate and do business with people from all over the world. And and like I said, the, the ability to reach out and really have conversations and genuine relationships with anyone, no matter who they are and what position they hold in life or how much money they have for that matter, it, you, you can talk to anyone. And I, I love that about LinkedIn. What's something that you don't like about LinkedIn? I wish the software was a bit more friendly to use and that the platform itself was more progressive thinking. So every one of the CEOs and big executives and all of the influencers that they feature and promote on their platform even, you know, they, they're not running all of their LinkedIn stuff themselves. They do not have all the pieces in place for a team to properly support these influencers on the platform in a way that doesn't sometimes cause havoc, right? And so I, I, I love the security and I love that they want to, you know, shut down a platform they think it's being hacked or has a problem, but they need to have allowances for a, in a correct manner for teams and employees or staff or whatever to support these people. And, you know, th those could be, you know, executives and CEOs of Fortune 500 type companies, yeah. but, they, they, but they could also be like everyday professionals like us and Lauren who exactly. are busy and, and we need a support structure like your team, Jessica, right? Where other people, to, to kind of call it what it is, other people can log into our LinkedIn and kind of use our LinkedIn on our behalf in an ethical, obviously proper way. But yeah, or yeah. use certain types of ethical automation or things like that, where uh, we do it in the in a correct relationship way. Yeah. But it's ridiculous to think that a busy professional of whatever size and caliber uh, can do it all ourselves. You know, we and need a support yeah. structure. And they're not putting in allowances for that. That right. are uh, we have know, to do it like surreptitiously. We know we have to. And, do it. and nobody wants. I don't function that way. I'm yeah, a, right. No one wants to be like black market. honorable person, and <laughs> I want them to have the, the tools and the things in place for us to show up in that manner. So yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a good. That's a great point, Jess. I don't think I've heard that one before, but that's great. I'm. I think about that black market aspect, and it's funny because you know companies like our video socials, we, we have an automation uh, partnership with LinkedIn, right? So it's all vetted and approved. But outside of that, it's to have any other thing happening. Quite frankly, it's organizations like ours and yours, Jess, that very often helps folks like Lauren and other attorneys, other firms end up maybe even upgrading to LinkedIn premium and start paying LinkedIn. So to some great extent, um, we become like sales professionals for LinkedIn. We're driving their revenue base, right? To, to a great extent, because we're saying, hey, to access this, you ought to pay and, and be a customer of LinkedIn. And you know, now they're making money off a professional who otherwise would have been a dormant person on LinkedIn, barely a profile, let alone a paying customer of LinkedIn. So that's a great point. That's excellent. It's, a, it's a, something you don't like, but and also to LinkedIn's uh, you know, bottom line interest. Lauren. Something that you mentioned a little bit about what something perturbs you, you know, look, you know, there are bad actors everywhere, but is there something that, uh, something else that you don't like about LinkedIn functionality wise, and then you can follow up? 
with something that you love. I bet Jessica knows what my answer would be. All right. So, you know, when you pay for sales nav or premium or whatever, you should be able to um, access increased numbers of contacts because I think that 30,000 is very limiting, especially for somebody that has multiple streams of income and multiple business lines. That's a very big challenge for me. And despite getting rid of all of these contacts, every time a new contact comes in, I have to be so careful. And I'd rather have at least a little levity or a little um, leeway to be able to create a relationship and see before I make that decision, but I can't. The um, On the positive side, I mean, I think I've really alluded to the relationship building, the opportunities, the 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 professional nature generally of the of the port uh, the um the connection portal. the relationship yeah yeah you know and and allowing us to have uh, the freedom to build those relationships internationally definitely is un- unparalleled you don't get that elsewhere and um, just you know I I think everybody should pay to be on it something. Not maybe the the seventy nine ninety nine or whatever the, the navigator is, but that way I think it would also in or or at least have the enhanced level so that we can interact at a higher level of interaction and collaboration as well. Well, it's a good point. I mean, I think a lot of people are so new to even exploring LinkedIn where they they don't even know where to start, and specifically within the legal realm, right? Which is why the purpose of the podcast is here is to help other attorneys know that this thing is real. Like this isn't just a bunch of people spamming you and trying to sell you something. It's right. not just a, a way of let's say getting the next job or what have you. That there are true business connections, and if you are a solo or partner in a boutique firm or even a large firm, you can actually get clients using LinkedIn. Like this is real. And it's kind of the reason why I invited you, Jess, and I invited you, Lauren, to kind of give examples of how. And I think both of you have brought up uh, really specific insights um, and anecdotes of how you benefited from LinkedIn. Uh, so thank you to both of you for being on the show. Thank you, Ben, for having Before us. I do my whole wrap-up uh, script kind of thing, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you guys? Obviously on LinkedIn, um, that's one way. Is there another way that people could get a hold of you? Is there a website? Is there anything that people want to know to get a hold of you? Jess. Jess. I am um, Jessica L Koch.com. So www.jessica and then the letter L and then K O C H.com. And so that's my website. And of course you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure we can. Lauren. Well, I have like a few websites, but I think the one that would be, there's there's two that would be easiest. LaurenESQ.com is where my podcast is hosted. Um, we are going to be building my whole brand around investing across borders. So that's going to take over. But in the meantime, um, uh, Real Estate Across Borders is where I put my webinars, my masterclasses, my mastermind, everything that's going on is on Real Estate Across Borders. That's kind of my main gig these days. I appreciate that. And I always like to end some with some takeaways. And I appreciate a couple of the takeaways that you mentioned, Jessica, especially that it's not only okay, but encouraged maybe to not LinkedIn doesn't totally appreciate that, but to have a support structure to kind of handle some of the things they can turn to you, Jess, of course, video socials becomes a video blogging platform for our professional uh, members. So that's really cool. And Lauren, I really love that you plugged your podcast that's around international uh, real estate investing. That's really cool. And thank you for the plug of using video on LinkedIn because, you know, I always like to make that uh, kind of an ulterior uh, lesson to be learned. Uh, if it doesn't come up naturally, I try to f- find a way because inevitably 
as we know, LinkedIn prioritizes video posts, which is why we have video socials. Again, my name is Vikram Rajan. I am the host of this program, LinkedIn for Lawyers, True Stories of Client Acquisition Told by Attorneys. You can subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, which I personally use on Google, uh, on Android rather, and a variety of other podcast mechanisms, as well as our YouTube channel, and of course on Facebook Live and LinkedIn Live every Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you again, Jessica and Lauren, for being my guests for today. Thanks. So let's Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Raph. Thanks. Thanks.